This is an ABC podcast. Hello, welcome to CoronaCast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 14th of January. Now, Tegan, you live in Brisbane. Tell us what went on yesterday with this quarantine hotel and these poor people having to do probably another 14 days in quarantine. Yeah, I really, my heart really goes out to them. So the good news is that it's contained, well, so far it seems to be contained within the hotel, but it looks like six cases that we knew about have all been genomically tested and found to be associated with this so-called UK strain of the virus, and they're all connected to each other. And all six of these people stayed on the same floor of the same hotel where they were quarantining, which means that there's been some sort of transmission well the assumption is that there's been some sort of transmission in the hotel everyone else who is staying in the hotel has been moved to a different one now they've got a quarantine for another 14 days but it really seems to back up this sense that we've had about aerosol spread and the potential that this UK strain is more transmissible than maybe what we've seen before yeah I mean it's terrible for those people and it's unfortunate where we've still got an expert group that's advising the government that doesn't truly believe in aerosol spread But anyway, the Queensland government's doing the right thing, moving them on and dealing with the Grand Chancellor Hotel. Yeah, it's certainly an informative case study. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the hotel's fault. The hotel wasn't designed to be a quarantine facility, which does raise this issue that comes up again and again, which is that should we have more tailored facilities like Howard Springs elsewhere for quarantine that some hotels are just not fit for purpose, even though they might be very nice places to stay when you're on holiday. Yeah, so that's an active discussion. And another really active discussion in Australia at the moment is the vaccine situation and who's going to get what vaccine. So just to recap, Australia's on track to get access to or to approve two different coronavirus vaccines. There's one from Pfizer-BioNTech and there's one from Oxford-AstraZeneca. But the two vaccines are quite different. The Pfizer shot has like 95% efficacy based on the studies and the Oxford one has a lot less than that but it looks like we're only kind of going to get enough of the Pfizer one to vaccinate maybe 5 million people it's going to be prioritized for the people who are most vulnerable kind of everyone else is going to get the Oxford one so we've got so so many questions from people and a lot of them cluster around this question of why are most Australians going to get a vaccine that looks a lot less impressive than what we know is possible when it comes to fighting coronavirus? Can I just, I just want to change, I just want to alter just one thing that you've said mm-hmm. is that the head of the Therapeutic Goods Administration before Christmas indicated that in fact they were going to get data from Johnson & Johnson from their vaccine. So this is not one of the vaccines that the government's got an arrangement with, but I think they've made a preliminary application. And over the last 48 hours, the CEO of Johnson & Johnson has said that they're going to be releasing their phase three trial data in the very near future. Now, this is an adenovirus vaccine, which is one which, a cold virus, if you like, carries the coronavirus spike into the cell, a bit like the Astra vaccine and the Chinese vaccines, but it's a one-dose vaccine rather than a two-dose vaccine. So it's a really interesting vaccine. It'll be really interesting to see what they come up with. This is the and Johnson will, & Johnson one. This is the Johnson & Johnson one, and it will possibly be another option. The TGA seemed to say before Christmas that this one was on the table for approval, which is interesting, even though we haven't got a business arrangement with them yet, as far as we are led to believe. 
Okay, so let's just recap on the data. The Pfizer, the Moderna and the Astra vaccines all do the same thing. They take genetic messages into the cell and tell the cell to produce the spike protein, which then goes off into the blood and the immune system responds and creates an immune reaction, which is then memorized for future infections. The Pfizer and Moderna one do it by mRNA, which is a little package of genetic messaging. And the Astra one does it with a chimpanzee virus. Uh, chimpanzee adenovirus takes that into the cell and leaves the genetic message there behind to produce the spike protein. So they do the same thing, but in different ways. From the trials, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines have around about 95% efficacy. Let me just explain the word efficacy for a moment. Efficacy is a word used in trials, clinical trials, which shows that in the trial context, in the circumstances of that trial where they included and excluded certain people and the duration of what they monitored, that's really what efficacy means. Within the context of a trial, they got 95% efficacy at reducing disease if you were infected. There were not enough data from those two trials, at least not yet, to show whether they affected infection and transmission. Although with the Astra trial, they did actually have data which did suggest that the Astra vaccine prevents transmission, which makes us pretty confident that the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines will actually resist transmission too, but we have got no data on that yet. So it's efficacy, it's not effectiveness in the real world. So when you introduce a vaccine or a drug into the real world, the efficacy may change. It may go down, it may go up, and that will be seen as we monitor it going through. Okay, so what did the Astra vaccine find? It found that when you gave two standard doses, round about four weeks apart, thereabouts, you got 62% effectiveness at reducing disease, all disease, and much higher effectiveness at reducing severe disease. So all these vaccines seem really good at preventing severe disease and death. But the Oxford one was overall 62% effective. The 72% comes from an average, and it really shouldn't be used because it's not a relevant average. Because the smaller British trial made an error and gave a smaller dose to some people who were aged under 55, and then gave the standard dose later. And what they got was 90% effectiveness in that small subgroup. Wasn't planned, but they noticed it there. And when they put those two together, that's where they got 70%. So it's not a fair comparison comparing standard dose to standard dose to low dose to standard dose. Especially when when younger people might be less likely to have severe disease anyway. Yes. So that makes sense biologically because what's happening almost certainly with the Astra vaccine is that the body is developing antibodies, not being absolutely proven, but it's actually ironically and sort of sadly developing antibodies to the chimpanzee adenovirus. So the very virus that's like an uber bringing the genetic message into the cell, the body's reacting to that. So when you give the second dose, the second dose isn't working as well because the body's working against the actual vaccine. You know, you vaccinated against the vaccine. So that makes sense with the low dose because you haven't generated as many antibodies to the chimpanzee virus. Therefore, you get a really good prime with the first low dose and then a good hit with the second dose. Now, there's indications that came out of the Serum Institute of India and a sense from the CEO of Astra that the results are better than you think. 
And the implication was that if you separate the two standard doses by three months, you might get 90% effectiveness. Now, we talked a little bit about that on yesterday's CoronaCast, because that's a long time between doses. And as we've seen, and we're just talking about the UK variant, we talked about the Brazilian variant, the South African variant, a bit unfair to label them by country, but that's the shorthand version of doing it. We're getting an emergence quite quickly of new variants. And three months between vaccines might be too long and that the virus changes between doses. And that's the problem there. So the mystery with the Astra vaccine is what are the data that the Therapeutic Goods Administration has got in Australia to approve this vaccine? Because it will be critical what dose it approves. Because if it approves two standard doses a month apart, then as far as I'm aware, the only data we've got says 62% effective. That means you'll never get herd immunity because you've got to immunise 100% of Australians just because of the maths. But that doesn't mean it's useless because the flu shot, when, we're never aiming for herd immunity with the flu shot, but it does reduce the number of people who go to hospital with serious disease. No question. And what I said in 7.30 last week still bears out that if every vaccine in the world had failed and the Astra Oxford University vaccine was the one that succeeded, we'd be pretty happy because what we were expecting was 50% efficacy and we got 62%. But now you've got a situation where you've got far more efficacious vaccines, 90, 95% efficacious, which can give you good immunity within two, three, four weeks. Why would you go with a lower effectiveness when you actually want to control this and borders to go down? For borders to go down, we've got to reduce transmission. And like lockdown and like control of this virus, we have probably a bit of a disconnect between the federal government and the community. State governments, by and large, apart from New South Wales and community around Australia, want elimination of spread. That's what they want from lockdowns. That's why Victoria went through all that agony. And they're expecting that from the vaccine. The Astra vaccine, with its current data, it may change, will not provide that elimination of spread. Whereas if the Pfizer drugs and the Moderna drugs protect transmission to the same extent as the Astra one does, then they will. So it's the expectation of the public. So with that, we've got the Astra one, like you say, we've got millions and millions of doses of it, or we will soon. If people have it this year, can they go on and have one of the more effective mRNA vaccines in the future? Is that going to be safe? Um, we don't know that yet. But in fact, if the virus changes its spots, as we discussed yesterday on CoronaCast, they may have to have the mRNA vaccine. And there are two reasons for that. One is the mRNA vaccine may be easier to shift in terms of different viruses, in terms of redesign, and do that more quickly. The second reason is because of this antibody problem, you're unlikely to be able to have another course of the Astra vaccine. So if you need another course of vaccine, having had the Astra first, you are actually going to have to have one of the others. They should be safe, but we don't know that for sure yet. And one more question, Norman, from Ella asking, should people be tested for antibodies before they get a vaccination, given that the virus can impact without symptoms? Is there any sense that it could be counterproductive to be vaccinated if you've been exposed to the virus already? No, there's none. And it's likely that even the trials have given, although they should have checked for it, there's no indication that there's any problem. And in fact, you should just go ahead and have it. And they're immunising the general public now, you know, seven, I don't know how many million people, but a lot, a lot of people around the world have had these vaccines. Many, many of them would have had antibodies to COVID-19 and we're not seeing any reactions. So the answer is yes, safe. 
Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. But tomorrow is the first Coronacast Friday of 2021. So, of course, we're going to celebrate with a quickfire Friday. So if you've got questions, go to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Click on Ask Your Questions and mention Coronacast in there so I can sling them all at Norman tomorrow. See you for Quickfire Friday tomorrow. See you then. Thank you.